Welcome to It's Not That Deep with me, Lucy Woods, a mindfulness teacher, and me, Adrienne Kirk, a psychotherapist. Every episode, we discuss navigating the messiness of everyday life. We know it's a big subject, but we will do our best to discuss it lightly and make some sense of it all. In this episode, we're going to be discussing why do we let the little things spoil our day? And this feels really um, alive, actually. You know, I, I, we, I'm sure everybody's had the experience of, of kind of going out and having a nice time and then something happening and feeling like all is lost, that the whole trip or outing has been has been ruined by uh, a waiter dropping a drink or getting an order wrong or you know and it only needs to be something small sometimes to have that feeling of oh everything's spoiled now and I know it's something that I've definitely experienced personally Mm. and I think I said to you and I've spoken about this particular event maybe I didn't name it explicitly but it was the same thing in a previous podcast when I came home from a lovely weekend away and something had happened in the house by one of the children. And I remember saying to my other half, that's just spoiled everything now. You know, it's just ruined our lovely weekend. And I caught myself saying the words and I actually had a chuckle because it's what I teach, you know. Yes. How might we not let these small things spoil our day? And there I was letting it spoil the whole weekend and I did catch it and say, hold on a moment, no. I came home, I had some unpleasantness with this incident, but it didn't actually spoil the whole day. But it's easy for us to view it like that, isn't it? It really is. And particularly if it's um, if it's something we've planned or something we've been really looking forward to. So I think the, the occasions I've done it um, have been about uh, birthday outings um, or uh, where... Uh, I've organised Christmas or something where like a big set piece thing yeah. where I've had a a really clear view about how it ought to look. This there we is go. How one it of should my, be. One of my least favourite words, right? So it's really funny now to look back on those times because I like you, I think I'm much better at catching it than I used to be. But there are still vestiges of it at times. I mean know? the words came out of my mouth. I actually <laughs> said it's ruined our whole weekend, you know. And it was a it was a very sort of dramatic stance as well, you yeah. know. But it was blown into something Huge. Like, don't get me wrong, it was really annoying. Yeah. But it wasn't that deep. I mean, it, it is, but it isn't in the grand scheme of things. And, and that's what's important. I absolutely. Think. And it was also separate from the weekend, right? Exactly. It wasn't even part of the weekend. <laughs> but I think what you're pointing to is that sense of if we, because mine was the retrospective, but if we're yeah. forward planning, like this is an event I'm putting on, or I'm hosting, or, you know, I've got this idea of exactly how it's supposed to be yeah and it feels like some kind of need for it to go exactly to plan and be all perfect mm-hmm. and some control stuff going on in there there's some massive control stuff i think and often over things over which we've got absolutely no control right so uh organizing a party and a planning to be outside and then it rains you know and it's it's ruined or someone we really really wanted to be there sends us a message half an hour before and says i'm sorry i'm really sick or something yeah that sinking feeling of no but you were supposed to be here even though they're maybe really unwell yeah yeah absolutely and and sort of holding 
other people responsible for not completing this image we've got of what it's meant meant to look like you know so like that there are kind of rules to this and and how is that person meant to know that that we've planned i don't know a particular conversation or yeah. I, you know that 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 they are the person that we're particularly looking forward to seeing. You know, that's... and the impact of that. Yeah. And also, if they can't help it. No, exactly. <laughs> and and I think what you pointed to just now, which may be a slight deviation, but it still seems like really worth highlighting, is this attachment we put on other people for our own happiness. Yeah. Like that. So, uh, somehow, other people are responsible for whether or not I feel okay. Yes. It's linked, isn't it? Oh, hugely, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think, certainly in terms of the, my client work, I, I see it much, I see this sort of behaviour much more in people who are really insecure and who are, and who, who are sort of outsourcing uh, their sense of self and or validation. And validation. Absolutely. You know, that... that that their, 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 their sense of being a good parent is bound up on their child getting into the right university and the grades being right, so that was quite a big thing over, over the summer. Yeah. Um, uh, or That the child is only capable of what the child is capable yeah, of, right? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, and like you say, it's not that deep. It, it always feels like it, but it's, yeah. it, it's not. But, but I, think, I, think there is, I think there is something about if, if you... If we're really insecure, we don't have a strong sense of self, that, that we, we reach for external validation. And then we're always going to be let down. Absolutely. We're always going to be disappointed if yeah. the expectation is that our sense of being okay or happy or validated is from other people because other people can't fulfil all our needs. No. And actually, if we're totally dependent on that, we, we're going to end up really disappointed really regularly aren't we yeah our day will be spoiled often yeah yeah absolutely um you know so it and it's really hard right because it does feel like it's really it feels catastrophic when we're in the midst of yeah. it that kind of overwhelm of disappointment yeah. and i really i can relate to that really yeah. strongly yeah me too and i'm sure we're not alone either i'm sure that everybody's experienced that but it's it's not actually a helpful attribute, is it an attribute or a way of viewing things, I suppose. It's a perspective really, yes. isn't it? That that's what we need to kind of recognise. It's the lens through which we are looking at what has happened. Yeah. And it's in relation to our expectation, our personal idea of how things should be, what it ought to be like. Yes. And it's just impossible. And I think it's an attachment to an idea that isn't even real. No, no. You're, I think you're right. And I think there is something about having expectations, standards, uh, a view of the world that we then assume is universal and other people don't live up to it. And, and then that feels really, you know, I'm, think, I'm, just, I'm thinking of, of really simple things like, um, like going out for dinner and uh, the waiter mixing up the order. Yeah, so the standard of the service yeah. that you would give versus the standard of the service that this waiter is giving, there's, uh, 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 what's the word? A mismatch? Not, a mismatch, yeah. 
So it's not living up to that, and therefore, there's that you know that's everything spoiled. Yeah, the the, the meal was ruined. Yeah, and, and kind of not actually, but it it does feel like it, and and there is this kind of this sort of expectation that that everybody ought to be perfect or ought to be doing their jobs mm. as we think it should it should be in that situation yeah right? so, so we, I think we might have spoken before I know you and I have definitely spoken before about how the lens through which we view the world is unique yeah and realizing that is ever so important in having understanding of why other people don't behave like we do. Yeah, and it's really hard, right? Because we are, effectively, we are the collection of our experiences, right? Good, bad and indifferent. And, and that's the prism through which we view the world. But everybody has had very different experiences. Even identical twins. Yes. Nurtured in the same house would have still, at school or in relationships, or even the way they're parented might be slightly yeah. different. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. You know, with with twins, you often hear one one say, "I'm the older by twenty minutes." You know that there's a seconds. Yeah. <laughs> whatever it is, yeah. But there is that sense of 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 a difference, right? And 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 if that's been if they know that it's been said, so they've been treated differently. You know. Yeah. So right from the off, the perspective that they have on the world would be different just from that. Yeah. I'm the older one. I'm more mature. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, so, so it's so foolish of us, really, isn't it, to have a sense that other people should conform to our way of being when our way of being is not necessarily right. And this is, comes back to discussions we've had about what is right. Yeah, we absolutely. We view things so differently. Mm -hmm. Who is right? Yeah. Well, and, and the thing is that, that they are what, what we would call sedimented beliefs, right? So we're not even aware that we're doing it. It's just... Like you say, it's that prism through which we view the world, and um, and it's not it's not it's not immediately available to our consciousness. It, it it's an unconscious way in which we we see things, yeah. and so if we don't stop and think about it, then we do you know we do just go along making those attributions. That person ruined my birthday. <laughs> it would have been so easy for me to allow that. Yeah. I would remember, I was standing at the sink. I can, I know exactly where I was standing, like doing the washing up because dirty scumbags haven't washed up all weekend. Of course. And and I and I remember kind of getting myself into that. And but I caught it. And so we talk a lot, don't we, about awareness? Yes. It is about having that momentary awareness to just say, "Hang on, what am I doing?" You know. Is it true? Is it helpful? And is it causing me more suffering? Actually, yes. The thing that's happened is already bad, but I'm now exacerbating my own misery by feeding this story yeah. that everything's spoiled, when in fact, no, this is a difficult moment, and yes, I will have to sort of deal with it, but it's in isolation from all the lovely moments that I had throughout the weekend. The trouble is, of course, that the way we've evolved, our brains automatically turn to the negative, right? So that assumes a whole, a whole lot more importance than those moments of loveliness along the and way. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That 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 those are those are much more transitory, right? So a lot of the work that we both do is is talking to clients about about learning to recognise 
notice those moments rather than rather than just sort of expecting the moments of joy yeah. and then and then the salient things being the bits that disrupted that yeah and i think also noticing the shift that happens when the disruption happens yeah. because there will be a an awareness or a possibility of catching what's happening by noticing how your state has changed so the thought might be the predominant thing or it might be that you've suddenly got a tightness or a churning in your stomach or something because it's gone wrong or you know it's the bad thing has happened at that point where you get the text saying the person can't come or the waiter spills food down you or the cab is late or whatever it might be it's catching how am I now responding or reacting I suppose reacting yeah, to this difficulty and can I instead of just knee-jerk reacting make a more considered response which yeah. I, I know it took a whole sentence for me to then catch how I was reacting in that moment and yeah. then sort of go whoa hold on no you know this is actually quite humorous that I've even cultivated this story in my head that everything spoiled because of course it wasn't no it didn't change the good but it, in that moment it could have kind of permeated into everything I could have allowed it to just ruin definitely the rest of that evening yeah absolutely and then to become part of the story you know so when people ask how was the weekend you know well it was fine but you know and then that becomes that becomes the story and I think yeah. I think we get it's a habit we get into right and often from from very young so we'd have been we'd have been taught how to do this we'll have seen our parents caregivers teachers do it right and that's where we pick it up from it seems normal and so it's really familiar to us so once we've once we've had that switch there's a there's a there's a comfort with that because it's familiar, right? Yeah, things always go wrong. This always happens to me. And then we get that so confirmatory, yeah, absolutely, in that yeah. confirmatory bias, right? That I'm someone for whom things always go wrong. Yeah, instead of realising that for everybody things go wrong. Yeah. At yeah. some point or other. Absolutely. And this was just a moment. And there were lots of lots of lovely moments in my day or my weekend or my dinner. You know? And I think you put, you said, mentioned something earlier, which is worth pointing out here. We have to really notice when things are okay. Yes. To be able to draw back and say, hold on, no, that was a bad one. But actually there were plenty of pleasant moments. Yeah. And, and when things are really difficult in our lives, we sometimes don't see any of them at all. No. And it does take an active practice itself to say... That moment where someone smiled at me or I sniffed that rose or yeah. the sun came out when it had been raining or something. Those are all moments that weren't unpleasant. Yes. Um, but we often let them bypass us if we're not paying attention. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I talk to clients a lot. There's something that I think is really powerful, which is swapping the but for an and. So, you know, just to keep using your example, you know, how was your weekend? It was fine, but then mm. this happened, you know. It negates everything Absolutely. That comes if we can say and, it allows both and it allows us to hold on to both of those things. Because what we're not saying is ignore the thing that wasn't pleasant, pretend that didn't happen, but, 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 but more to sort of add balance, right? So allow that lots of it was lovely, you know, and the way yeah. to spill the glass of water down my back yeah or whatever and actually in my instance yes it wasn't part of the weekend no i was home now and that 
time away had finished. So back to real life. If I was telling that story, it would kind of really, yeah, it would it would ruin the story yeah. to bring that in. But that's interesting to have and instead of but. I like that. I do try and do that because giving feedback to people in a work context, they mm-hmm. always say, if you say, you're really good at this, but it kind of just negates everything that's gone before, yeah. even though you don't mean it to. I think of it as a superpower, mm. you know, and it's just swapping one three-letter word mm. for another, but it does, it It, it makes such and a... it does, no, I'm joking. And, and, <laughs> and it makes such a big difference. It's, it's yeah. really interesting, that a whole kind of perspective shift. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, no, it's really good. I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna incorporate that more. I try to. I try, especially when I'm talking to people, like feedback type conversations. I'm quite interested to go back to the sort of perfectionist control yeah. element of this because mm. I think that is where we get caught. Yes. And we talk often, don't we, about things being good enough. Yeah. Is there a possibility of bringing that into this situation? Because zooming out and looking at the whole evening, yes, the way to drop that thing or whatever, but the whole evening, it might not have been my ideal, absolutely perfect image of how it should be, but it was a really good evening and good enough. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, good enough can can get um, conflated with adequate, right? just enough but it's not good enough is is the best it could be under the available conditions and bearing in mind we actually have zero control over most of it yeah except our own things that we had could control yeah and 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 how we respond to anything else and how we respond (laughs) yeah then we've kind of got to let go of all of, of expecting anything else to go how we want it to yeah yeah. It may do, hopefully it will, but it also might not. And how might we be when it doesn't? Yeah, absolutely. And, and sort of stepping back from feeling responsible for everything and wanting to control everything, right, is, is, is so hard. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's really it's, easier said than done, oh, isn't it? It is, it is. And, and learning, learning that we, 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 we really have very little control in our worlds, yeah. yeah that that really the only thing we have control over is ourselves yeah. so do you think like if there was a big say party you've planned or christmas or you know something where that actually we can have a little word with ourselves before mm. it even begins to say i've done everything within my power to make this as good as it can be and now it's over to yeah the rest of well you know i i, I just, just out there, isn't it? It's over, yeah. it's over to the rest of the people, and some things can't be controlled, like the weather or something. No, we're just putting that out there. We're relinquishing control yes. at that point, knowing that we've ticked all the boxes we needed to tick, and now it's in the sort of lap of the gods kind of thing. And I think it's really important to do that, you know, to 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 have a really clear idea of what is in my control and what isn't. You know, mm. you use that lovely example of, of going for a train, right? And, you know, I can leave the house in plenty of time. I can check what time the train goes. I buy can, the ticket. I can buy the ticket in advance. I can build in contingency time. I can't guarantee that the driver won't fall sick at Alexandra Palace because it's always at Ali, Ali Pali that that <laughs> happens. Um, you know, that's not in my control. And so, you know, 
I can't. I might not be able to get to my meeting mm. on time. Or how crowded it's going to be. Absolutely. Those kind of those, things. But those things are not in my control. And it's really interesting if you do commute, you know, you sit on the train and, and then you hear everybody sigh and rustle their and puff. huff and puff and everybody's on their phone and, you know, cross. We did what we could. And this is not anything we have any control over. So getting uptight about it doesn't help. There's that, I use this example a lot. There's a line, there's a film called Bridge of Lies, Bridge of Spies, mm. which is about a Second World War spy. When he's caught and being, um, being in interrogated, they keep saying to him, aren't you worried? And his response always is, would it help? And, and that's so powerful. Yeah, exactly. Is it helpful? This must be the question that I ask myself all the time. How am I being in relation to this moment? Is it helpful? So, yeah, yeah would it help to be worried? It's a, it's a, a reactivity that yes. is very primitive and very inbuilt. But we've now got this kind of ability to get a bit of perspective and say, is how I'm being in relation to this moment helpful? Or is it making me suffer more? Yes. And actually, so much of the time, it's just... We're spoiling ourselves. That's, I was just about to say that. We're ruining that moment yeah. with our reaction. Yeah. Yeah. That feels really important. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, so the, yeah, the things sorry. that are helpful, so to notice yeah. where we don't have control and to notice that shift in us and to be able to get, get some perspective, take a step back and view the whole situation. Have I done all I can? And is this now out of my control? Yeah. Was there anything you could yeah. do about this thing happening? Um, is there any learning for next is time? Is there any learning for next time if it is? Mm. I think, and, and also that knowing that uh, we perhaps don't realise how much influence we have on our own misery. Yeah. You know, on making it worse. Yeah. Am I making myself, am I supporting myself and making myself feel better? Or am I actually kicking this situation right out the backside and making it even worse? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's good. And I think that, that, that point about just letting things unfold yes. can really help with this need to sort of have to control it all. Yeah. And think it should be a certain way because it just won't. It will never be how you want it to be. No, no. Unless unless you're doing something on your own, yes. <laughs> just in the living room by myself, <laughs> a cup of tea. <laughs> Even then, the milk might be off. <laughs> Sorry, I nearly spat out my tea. <laughs> Thanks, Adrian. Thank you. You've been listening to It's Not That Deep with Adrienne Kirk and Lucy Woods. If you've enjoyed listening, then why not subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode.